Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers didn't exactly do it convincingly. They still suck in the clutch, but they beat Detroit and they salvage a 3-3 road trip, something that they kind of sort of needed to do in order to continue to try to convince the front office to improve the team however it can. So that's the story. A few notes from the game specifically before we move on to the macro. Um, obviously, the, the top story that's going to get the most attention here is Russell Westbrook getting no minutes in the fourth quarter as the Lakers are um, letting Dennis Schroeder really kind of figure things out. This would indicate to me, at least, that uh, I, I feel like they are moving further and further away from reliance upon Russell Westbrook, even as, like, I didn't think he was terrible. Like, I, you know, look, he's always going to have lapses that hurt you defensively. And I think he and Patrick Beverly did a pretty poor job on Bojan Bogdanovic, who just lit up the Lakers in the third quarter. But the Lakers not playing Russell Westbrook at all in the fourth, mere days before this December 15th, arbitrary deadline that uh, Rob Palenka has set for himself, that felt interesting, right? That's that's the kind of thing that is always going to make your ears perk up because of all of the context around uh, the, the, that game and, and this uh, impending decision that Rob Palenka is, is going to have to make. So that was certainly interesting. It's going to be fascinating to see how everybody kind of handles this. Uh, and and what these next steps look like moving forward. The Lakers play a significantly more difficult team uh, <laughs> than, than Detroit as they face Boston, who looks like a destroyer of worlds. They look incredible. Absolute buzzsaw. So that game is going to be interesting, and everybody's approach to it is going to be worth watching now, given how we just saw what happened here in the fourth quarter. The other part of this game that people are going to feel the most, you know, passionate about is that the Lakers continue in the clutch to not look good. You know, this game should have been a nice, easy cruise to victory, but poor shot selection, uh, poor execution, a complete disinterest in running sets like these are the things that have really hurt the Lakers for much of this year and those bad habits you know we're more than a quarter way through the season and the Lakers have built I think some really bad habits in in uh, the fourth quarters here especially in clutch moments and you know whether it's a roster construction thing whatever uh, eventually, you know, you hope that the roster is going to improve, but it might not matter if the Lakers continue to carry out the ends of games in the way that they are. Because, you know, whoever it is that the Lakers acquire over the next few weeks here, that that player or those players are not going to be so great that the Lakers just are going to find themselves in clutch moments less often. Like they're still going to have to eke out some wins, especially against good teams. And you need to execute better than the Lakers have. The Lakers' offense, I to me, has been kind of night and day in terms of you know the, the, 
the macro systems that the Lakers are running, and then also obviously on a more micro level when the set pieces that the Lakers are running look a lot cleaner and and have you know more goals clearly outlined in them. And, you know, they look fine for much of the game offensively in terms of system. But, you know, you get to these late moments and you're relying more and more and more on isolation play and specifically isolation play with LeBron. And the problem with that is he's kind of sort of become a jump shooter, right? Like Raj talked about this a lot on spaces after yesterday's game and the more that LeBron focuses on, you know, shooting because of where his body is at right now, uh, the less effective he's going to be, not just in terms of scoring for himself, because clearly he's the best version of LeBron is one who is going downhill towards the basket. But also if LeBron is just kind of pulling up for jumpers, that's getting way fewer people involved in those plays. So, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot going on here. But if I had to isolate and whittle this down to a singular explanation for some of the struggles that the Lakers have had, I, I, you know, sorry, but LeBron needs to be better. All right, now on to the macro stuff. Look, the Lakers are right around, yes, they are below it, but they are right around 500. They look significantly better than they did, obviously, to start the season. And it it just, the the vibes around this team are just a lot better than they have been, uh, than I honestly could have hoped for, given how the the, the season started. And, you know, there's a lot going on here. Uh, Lonnie Walker, you know, as as I played in, in the last lowdown that we did, he seemed to think that Russell Westbrook moving to the bench and showing everybody what he was willing to sacrifice to make the team better, that that has had a real tangible effect on everybody around him. Uh, I think guys kind of falling into roles that uh, you figure out about over the course of a season, I think that is starting to help. And and look, just like general, the the schedule got a lot easier, which which is, is always going to be helpful. But... You know, the I would have, as they headed out onto this trip, I I would have said, and I did say that the goal should be three wins from that, and anything more than that would be fantastic. Anything less than that would be kind of devastating because of what the front office is expecting of the Lakers to convince them that they need to make a move. So, achieving a goal here and going three and three is is huge on a macro sense and then also you know they need to just start piling on wins and and you know i just talked in a a second ago about how bad they've been in the clutch if they're a little bit better in those moments maybe you're looking at a four and two road trip here um and and you know that four and two road trip would have gone probably quite a ways given who they would have had to beat right they would have had to beat philly they 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 did win in Milwaukee, which was huge. So there, there are, there were opportunities, I think, to continue to send a message to the front office. And I do think the news cycle surrounding the next week or so is going to be really important here, right? Because as we headed into 
this stretch here of December 15th, you had Adrian Wojnarowski saying that if the Lakers were to make a move with both of those first-round picks, that it would have to be for an all-star, right? And that's just, to me, it just seems like more of them leaking that they're kind of kicking the can down the road, waiting for the perfect move rather than making a good move. And, and the more that we get of that, I think, in this next week, will kind of solidify what I've always kind of thought all along, especially for the last few weeks, that, yeah, they probably aren't doing anything and it's on LeBron and AD to make it work, which, as you guys would probably expect, I would not be thrilled with. Still, look, all signs are pointing to at least a small move, whether it's Pat and or Kendrick Nunn and a pick for somebody or whether it's none and a pick for like Cam Reddish, right? Like I, how I see this kind of playing out is none and a conditional second rounder to New York for Cam Reddish. Um, once they kind of figure out what that market is going to be on him, it's probably not going to be great. And then I, I do know that the Lakers have been watching pretty closely how things are going in Washington. Washington is now sitting, you know, well below 500, um, and and they are way closer to the bottom of their conference than they are to the top of it. So does Kyle Kuzma become available? Um, and if if so, can the Lakers move a first-rounder and Patrick Beverly for Kyle Kuzma, right? Now you turn two players who aren't doing very much for you right now into two wings. Reddish is more of a shot in the dark. He's more of a gamble, but Kuz certainly would be... Um, some bona fide help. And then from there you have Russell Westbrook and a first rounder. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Lakers are, are willing to do in that regard, given the way Russ is playing here off of the bench. And, and given the fact that like, you know, the, if the Lakers are saying they don't want to move both of those two first round picks, unless it's for an all-star, then you're still, you're still winding up at, at, you know, both of those picks would be gone. So would the Lakers now not want to move that second first rounder with Russ for something? Uh, you know, that's that's going to remain to be seen here. So a lot going on. I do think this road trip should help those, you know, be more optimistic if you are sitting there at home hoping for a trade in the next couple of weeks. And, and that's all that the Lakers could have done here is, is, is continue to, to show the front office that they're worth gambling on. And I think that's what this road trip um, should. That, that was the outcome of this road trip. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Silver the, nope, not the Silver Screen Roll, the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Uh, in a little bit, I'm going to be chatting with uh, a good buddy of mine, um, about some players that you might be interested in. And then, you know, we're going to carry out the rest of this week with some with some really fun conversations and, and all of the, the usually scheduled stuff as we prepare for December 15th and, and whatever may or may not happen on that day. So until then, and until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.